listening to Courtside Convo, your source for the latest news, analysis, and discussions on the NBA. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 10. We made it to double digits, folks, of Courtside Convo, brought to you by Impact 89 FM from the beautiful campus of Michigan State. I'm your host, Bobby Zephro, with co-hosts Carter Landis, Darren Vadoon, Josh Rayapan, and Zach Serdinick. So we had a little uh, we had a little draft on Wednesday. Um, we're going to talk about that. Also, all of the free agency moves that have happened within the last forty eight hours. Um, but we're going to start with the NBA draft. Um, a lot of stuff going down there. Um, we're going to start with what were your guys' biggest surprises from this NBA draft? I, I was going to say um, for me probably. Um, you know, seeing well, I was gonna say I was gonna say maybe seeing Patrick Williams go fourth, but he was um he was they had they had maybe mocked that for Chicago leading up to it. I think uh especially since I'm the one that picked him to go to the Lakers in our mock draft, I would say Jalen Smith going to the Suns at ten was probably a pretty mm-hmm. at least you know, to a lot of people a little bit surprising. Not that he's a you know, not that he's not good doesn't have a chance to be a good player, that he's not talented, but you know, he was usually in the late teens, early twenties range, something like that. You know, they already have, uh, you know, they already have a big with, obviously, with DeAndre and they have a couple other guys who could re-sign Dario Sarge and guys like that. So, I mean, and the one thing is that they, you know, it, it could be an awkward fit because most of the analysts think that he's more of like a, of a five, of a center than an actual like power forward just because of, he may not, just because he may not be as good in space um, guarding. So, um, but then again, hey, the Suns, they got Chris Paul and everything like that. So now that, now that he's there, they could probably, I'm sure they can find a way to fit him in. Um, other than that, uh, probably just in the terms of the, the Pistons and the way they've just moved around the whole draft and got, ended up having three picks, just, you know, I mean, we're not really just being a fan of them. I'm not, you know, not really used to seeing all that, you know, that much aggressiveness. So it was refreshing in a way, you know, I can you know, maybe not, you know, maybe argue with the, you know, with the Stewart pick a little bit, but at the same time, hey, I mean, Troy Weaver's, Troy Troy Weaver is doing his absolute most to get this team to be in the, to to build this team in the way he wants. So, hey, I I applaud that. I mean, you know, I'd rather a team be aggressive than not be aggressive. For me, uh, I think one of the biggest surprises prizes was basically the late round stretch from about the 25th pick to like the 28th or 29th pick where there was a lot of established guys who weren't expected to go early that went in the first round. Emmanuel quickly went to the Thunder and then eventually ended up uh, on the Knicks. Uh, Peyton Pritchard went to the Celtics and I was a Peyton Pritchard fan. I just, I I didn't know uh, what he could do in the NBA. Uh, that's a guy who was a leader, a, a confident shot maker in college, and uh, but just I didn't know if he had the size to play in the NBA, the size and the athleticism. Uh, Yudoka Azubuki went to the Jazz. I didn't expect him to go first round, and if you want to take an established guy, you know, obviously my thought process was why not take Xavier Tillman, but Jazz went with went with the Kansas big man, and then Jaden McDaniels went uh, to the Lakers and eventually got traded to the Timberwolves as well. Uh, and Jaden McDaniels, to me, was just kind of an underwhelming player. I mean, you know, he, he's got all the, the talent. He's got all the, the size and everything. But uh, I think that the production was just kind of lacking at uh, Washington. And 
Uh, there was a bunch of guys who went in the second round that I thought would go first round. That was to be expected, but I, I didn't see Tyrell Terry falling to the second round. Uh, Tyler Bay was a guy I liked, and obviously all of us, we were not. I can't imagine any of us were really fans of having to wait till 53 to see Cassius Winston picked. But uh, it happened, and we're excited about it now, I can imagine. Well, yeah, for me, my surprise comes at number nine, and that's the Washington Wizards drafting Denny Avia at number nine. For me, he was a guy who I think most people would mock. He's not going past the top five. And, you know, he's a high-level talent. And I'm I'm really shocked to see what he I think he'll have valuable minutes, especially with the John Wall situation there. So I'm very high on that guy. I think that's a shocker that he went even past eight at most, especially with the Knicks. Yeah, I think that Avdia uh, falling to the Wizards was something that was big. I think that I love their draft with Avdia and Winston. I think Tyrese Halliburton falling all the way to 12 was something I didn't expect as well. And then – as Carter said, Tyrell Terry, I was really high on Tyrell Terry. And to see him fall all the way to 31, he's in Dallas, right? Uh, I believe. Yeah. 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 Dallas, got, Dallas got a really good shooter and another really good guy that can spread the floor there with them. Dallas, yeah, dude, Dallas killed it in this draft. They got Terry, they got Tyler Bay. Uh, they traded Seth Curry away for for Josh Richardson, who's a good guy that you can put next to Luca, that they had an awesome draft, and they usually do. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Halliburton. I guess I didn't realize Jay Billis had him number four on his big board. And then you see him, yeah, I guess we also kind of called it in our mock draft, too. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go ahead. It's on our Spotify and Apple podcast page. But, um, yeah, Halliburton at 12 was probably the biggest surprise for me, considering that the Suns who needed a point guard could have drafted him, could have seen, you know, we've talked about the Pistons possibly drafting him. So the Kings, I think, got a really good player in Tyrese Halliburton at 12. Um, do you guys see in this draft possibly any players that were maybe selected a little later in the draft that could end out end up maybe carving out a solid role in the NBA? Well, I'll start with the, uh, you know, slightly, obviously a little bit biased, but considering the fact that they were both potentially looked at as late first round picks, I think both Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston are in really good situations for themselves. Obviously Tillman, you know, he's reuniting with Jaron Jackson Jr. in Memphis and, you know, they're an organization that's, you know, it seems like, it seems like his style of play, you know, defensive minded, you know, intelligent, you know, just intelligent player, you know, has the ability to pass everything like that. It just seems like he fits really well, at, you know, as a maybe, you know, and, and still evolving as a shooter. It seems like he fits really well in his skill set with a guy like Jackson and their other players. And I think Cassius, I mean, you know, we'll get into we'll get into this later. But I mean, John Wall just, you know, it came out last night that, you know, after trade talks between the Rockets and the Wizards broke down for, you know, regarding Russell Westbrook, Wall want, you know, requested, basically requested to get trade out. So if Wall gets traded, I mean, Cassius is going to be probably be able to come in right away and play a prominent role at the very least as the primary backup point guard. So they're both in a situation where I think they're going to be able to play right away. And um, I think that, I mean, we've watched them for years and, you know, they both have been highly touted across the country during their careers. And I think that considering the fact that both of them, you know, Tillman was usually projected as a late first round pick. So I think the value there, both of them is, is really good for both the Wizards and the, and the Grizzlies in picking them. 
I think outside of um, Tillman and Winston for my favorite sleeper guys, uh, I was a big fan of Elijah Hughes from Syracuse. Uh, I was, you know, as I always look through draft guys, that guy stood out to me in terms of confident shot makers. Uh, his offensive games is really well-rounded. You know, he, he can get to the rim really easily. I mean, his, his shooting ability was, was number one. He was pulling shots from the parking lot, and usually those are the types of guys that you like to have on your team, the types of guys who aren't afraid to take those types of shots. I mean, we saw it work out for Tyler Hero in the Miami Heat this past year. I know, obviously, that's not – the same thing, but um, I really liked Elijah Hughes. He went to the Utah Jazz. Um, you know, you can never have enough shooting, so there's another guy for them to use. And then one guy who went undrafted uh, and ended up on the Houston Rockets, Mason Jones from Arkansas. Uh, that's a guy who graded really well throughout the combine and everything. So I and, and there's just some some interesting characters that 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 ended up being drafted ahead of guys who we saw in. I mean, I, I I don't know about Yam Madar from the Celtics, or obviously I think Justinian Jessup. You know, I I didn't I didn't really pay much attention to him during the the process, but uh, apparently he was he was highly graded. But I I don't know how Mason Jones didn't get drafted, and I figure he's going to stick around on the Rockets roster just because he can make shots, and and in Houston they like when you can make shots. So Elijah Hughes and, and Mason Jones were two guys. Well, my two players are actually kind of drafted back-to-back, -back, and that's Marco Simonovic from the Bulls and Jordan Nora on the Bucks. Jordan, I actually really like this way, you know, stretch for three, can play alongside Giannis, especially in some plays. I know they're especially looking for death. I'm not sure. The, I'm pretty sure the Bogdanovich trade went through, didn't go through, unfortunately, for the Bucks. But also for the Bulls, I like the way they went into the draft because they drafted young players who, the, you know, you can develop in a year or two. The Patrick Williams pick, I don't mind because he's a he's the second youngest player in the draft at 19 years old. He just turned 19. And I think they got a steal late round with Marko Sinanovich. And here's why. Because he's a stretch for European big. He's probably going to have to stay a year or two. And I think he has high development and high ceiling as well. For me, I think late round sleepers, I think that Cassius Winston and Cassius Stanley, both drafted back-to-back -back at 53 and 54. That's squared, baby. Are both, are both guys that are going to be players that can have high potential for different reasons. Cassius Stanley is an athletic monster. He can jump out of the building, and that's something that is valuable in today's NBA. And Cassius Winston has won everywhere he's went. He's got all the intangibles. He wins, and he makes shots and he makes people better around him. So I think those two guys, both in the 50s, were big. And also, watch out for Miles Powell. He's small, but as somebody on – he went undrafted, he signed with the Knicks as an undrafted free agent. And as somebody said on Twitter, Miles Powell gave a 30-piece to 90% of the first round. So it's okay. Yeah, Miles Powell, professional bucket getter. Um – I really like the value that, well, technically the Kings got because uh, the Grizzlies drafted him, but he's traded to the Kings. Robert Woodard at 40, I think, for 
his skill set and what he can bring to the table, I think that's a really good pick. You know, six seven seven one wingspan showed major improvement from his freshman to sophomore seasons at Mississippi State. Um, I really like the versatility he can bring. Um, and I also, where was it? Not too far behind. Um, Nick Richards to the Hornets. Um, here's a guy who was the number one kid for his class when he was coming out of high school. He was number one or number two, something like that. And he's one of the few guys who actually stayed at Kentucky, you know, not going one and done. So I think those few years would be really good for him. I think he'll carve out a role in the NBA as a solid backup. Um, I really like that pick for that value at 42. And so we will segue into winners and losers. So I guess we could do either one winner or loser per person, or we can do a winner and a loser, however you guys want to do it. Um, floor is yours. Who wants to take this one? Uh, I've got a couple teams that I would classify as winners. I already got into the Wizards, so I think the Wizards won theirs. And also, I love the pick by the Pelicans. A lot of people are hating on the Pelicans draft. They made a lot of trades. I love the Kyra Lewis pick there. It was something I had mocked on. I'm really high on Lewis. The fastest player in the draft. He can get up and down the floor and fly. He can score at all three levels. I think that he's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch running on the break alongside Zion Williams. I think um, I mentioned it earlier. I think one of my winners was uh, – the Dallas Mavericks, and not only did they get a, a great crop of players in their draft class, but they also got Josh Richardson uh, in the trade for Seth Curry. And um, I think that putting Josh Richardson as a defensive guard next to Luka, I mean, those two, I think, play styles really work well together. And this, the thing about Dallas is when it came to the defensive side of the balls, and you had a 6-6, two guard in, in Josh Richardson to put on the perimeter. And now you've got a solid uh, perimeter defense. Um, I think in terms of, oh man, who lost this draft? So I think a lot of guys, I think a lot of teams really did well. I don't want to say necessarily that Boston lost the draft, like the Celtics lost the draft. It's just the draft really doesn't matter to them because their pieces are always so expendable and they move everywhere. Like, I mean, I was I was a huge fan of Aaron Neesmith, and I think that's a good pick for them because having a shooter like that, you know, never hurts. Um, but the thing is, is they just moved so many picks. I think they I think they just traded that Desmond Bain pick to uh, Grizzlies, and then I don't know if they even picked anywhere else. They Yeah, they drafted Yam Madar, and, you know, obviously I've said I don't know why you take that guy over Cassius. I mean, they mentioned that he's like an Israeli Patrick Beverly, but uh, – I don't know. I don't imagine, you know, they, they have a ton of guards on that roster too. And they drafted Peyton Pritchard. Too. So I, the, the thing is, it's just the, the draft. They never really use their picks a lot, you know, when it comes to uh, playing guys. I mean, they, they do use some of their picks, but a lot of times they, they stash these guys on the bench and they never really play. Uh, it's usually the earlier round picks that matter more for the Celtics, and then then these other picks are throughout the draft are just kind of insignificant, and they and they move them all the time. So I don't want to say they necessarily lost the draft; it's just that the draft didn't really matter to them as much. Yeah, as far as it is tough to pick a loser when I'm just scrolling through these team by team, um, I'd say 
a big winner for this draft would probably be the Kings. Um, they got uh, Carter. They got your guy, Jamias Ramsey, all the way at 43. Um, like I alluded to earlier, the Robert Woodard pick at 40. And then you get Tyrese Halliburton to drop to you at 12. I mean, those are three guys who could really carve out a role in the NBA. And to get two of them in the second round, I mean, that's pretty good value there. Um, I also, you know, not to be a homer or anything, but like Darren alluded to, um, I like what the Pistons did just in the fact that they can tell it's reboot time. And like also Darren said, Troy Weaver coming in, he has, hopefully he has a vision. Um, and with all these picks, he's trying to put that vision into reality, you know, with Killian Hayes at seven, a little questionable with the Isaiah Stewart pick, but like I said on draft day, I really like the Sadiq Bay pick. Um, I'll be curious to see how him and Sekou fit when they get on the floor together. Um, but yeah, I think the Kings and the Pistons were pretty big winners in this draft. And as far as a loser, I guess the potential loser in this draft, if their one pick doesn't pan out, would be the Magic taking a risk with Cole Anthony at 15 which is pretty high for but if his injuries you know are a thing of the past and you get you know the OG Cole Anthony the one who would show out at the Jordan Brand Classic and the McDonald's All-America game you get that bright lights Cole Anthony I think that would be a very good pick for the Magic but as of right now they're the only one who I can definitively say has a real chance of being a loser this draft just because they had one pick and if it doesn't turn out then Oh, well, there's always next year. So, free agency. We've had a lot of Woj tweets in the past 48 hours. Um, I mean, and especially since our last episode, we've had Drew Holiday to Milwaukee, Kelly Oubre to the Thunder. Um, we've got Gallinari going to Carter's Hawks. Good for the Hawks there, get a good shooter. Um, what moves did you guys particularly notice and which one uh, would you like to give some attention to? I will say I have, in, in ter I was like kind of really surprised that the Lakers got Montrez here. I would just, just from the fact that they only had to pay him two years and $19 million in terms of, uh, you know, what I think most people have thought he could command it on the market considering he's the reigning six man of the year and that he's, one of, been one of the best reserve bigs in the league for the last two, three years. I mean, I really, I really, really like that move. I honestly, like, I look at the Lakers whole offseason. You, you, get, you get a really, you know, you get Wesley Matthews for $3.6 Obviously, you know, we talked about, you know, them getting Schroeder. I mean, the Lakers have really gone about putting, upgrading their roster heavily around LeBron and presumably AD when he signs his eventually signs his new deal, which, you know, should come just, you know, even it should come, you know, just whenever he's ready to. Um, but I really like the, I really like their moves. Uh, they already look to me, they look to me like already just with those players, like they should be a much better team than last year, just based on the amount. Let's see what else. I mean, I thought that, you know, in terms of anything else, I was kind of surprised that, you know, the Kings decided to give the Aaron Fox just because he still had what, at least one or two years left on his rookie deal to see if that, to see if, you know, if they still want to get with him. Um, 
I think Christian Wood signed with Houston. Yes, I know it's a former Pistons player, but considering the what he showed last year after Andre Drummond got hurt, I think that three years and forty-one million, he could end up being a really good value uh, for them if he, you know, if they want to give him a featured role. Uh, and I mean, I like Jeremy Grant as a player, but I just the Pistons. We, you know. I know I said this leading up into the podcast that, you know, we have to, you know, like, because I read I read an article from James Edwards in the Athletic saying about how Weaver, you know, how right now his plan is still in motion in terms of where, in terms of how all these contracts can work and everything. But, like, I, you know, I just – the Pistons spending overall, you know, things can change. But when you sign five – when you bring in between the draft and free agency five players who all play, like, center – or, or bigs at the very least, it's a little puzzling <laughs> to say the least. So, you know, they, you know, if now, if he turns down to something else, then that's remains to be seen, but I would have them just, in my opinion, as an early loser, I think the Lakers are an early big winner. Um, I think that, you know, the Nets made the one signing they need to make with getting Joe Harris back. That's a winning deal. Um, I think the I think the the Daniel Gallinari one is an interesting one for Atlanta too. I think because that's just you know that's that's a probably a that's a probably a, a start of a win now move for them. And I mean he's still a good player, although that kind of does create a front court log jam with like him and John Collins and stuff like that. So they're gonna have to, kind of have to figure that out. But he's got to bring shooting, and obviously around trade you want to have shooters around Trey Young, so that's good. So yeah, so that's probably you know. But the Lakers moves getting Harold was like the one that really made me like whoa okay that they're they're they ain't resting on their laurels this year they're they're gonna try and run it back yeah so yeah and then go ahead go ahead, go ahead Zach okay so now as our uh resident diehard Washington Wizards fan after the Cassius Winston pick uh Bertrand's coming back was big for Washington but no in all seriousness a lot of the picks that Darren mentioned or a lot of the signings that Darren mentioned were really big I think more on the trade side of things that happened with free agency, some sign-in trades and stuff. Drew Holiday to Milwaukee's an interesting one. One that we don't have on our dock here, Steven Adams to New Orleans. Oh, yeah, that just happened. Yeah, that was I was just, just reading up on that, too. I was trying to figure out the terms for it because there's so many moving parts in that deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think they've announced all the players in that. Like, Adams is the one guy from all the reports that I've seen that I know where he's going. I don't know about every other piece in that deal yet, I don't think. George Hill and Darius Miller, as well as a 2023 Denver protected first round and second round picks in 2023 and 2024 are all going to the Thunder. Jeez. as a part of that deal they are going to have like could they have two dozen draft picks between like in, in, like, in one draft they're gonna the entire draft yeah. is going to be the thunder and sam presti deciding which order he wants to pick his players in like, it'll be the thunder and the celtics but no in i think that both of those deals are big i like the kelly Oubre to golden state trade um Awful news, obviously, um, surrounding Clay Thompson and his injury. Golden State still wants to compete this year, and they still have the talent to be to compete for a playoff spot in the West. They're not going to be a championship contender without Clay Thompson, in my mind, unless Steph Curry averages like 50 a game and goes berserk. But I think I don't think they're going to be a championship contender without Clay Thompson because Clay Thompson is the perfect complement to Steph Curry, and you're not going to find that anywhere else. I don't care who you bring in. 
So they, I like bringing in Ubre. He's on an expiring contract. You can give him one year, see if it works. And if so, then you bring him back next year. And if not, then you let him go and it doesn't hurt you. And the other rumor that I'm seeing with Golden State that I think might be an interesting scenario is if they looked at bringing in Gordon Hayward to Golden State. He's a remaining free agent. I know we're going to talk about him a little bit in a minute, but that'd be interesting trying to add some shooting. If Gordon Hayward can get back to Utah Jazz Gordon Hayward, that'd be a big pickup. If he is not, it's not really going to matter that much, but you can tell he's not all about the money when he walked away from 34 and a half million in Boston. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, in terms of Hayward, because like that, it, well, first of all, it was really surprising to me that he opted out. And it's like, it made me think like, does he have a deal that's on the table? Because like, I mean, I would feel like you're walking away from 34 million. I'm like, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of money. And I mean, Golden State, it would be, I mean, that would be a coup if they, if they managed to pull that off. Although they already are, I think with getting Ubre, they have the, I think what is now going to be the biggest luxury tax bill of like all time or something like that. I think they're going to have to pay like somewhere in the realm of like 150 plus million dollars in tax money. So I, I, just, I don't know if they have the money to sign. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I mean, they're already, it seems like they're already capped out. Like, I just don't know if they have the money to sign. There's not crazy. like, I don't know. They, it don't mean a thing without, or when you, if they can get a ring or anything like that. No, yeah, they, you're right, you're those right. owners have so much money. Like, Oh, boohoo. I mean, they don't care. <laughs> They're going to go after him. And if they oh. bring him in, they bring him in. No, yeah, no, you're right. With yeah, how right. those rings be looking, it looks like they cost more than $150 million with all those. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't think it matters to them. <laughs> but um, Kelly Oubre to Golden State, I think he can really flourish there. I mean, he's still only 24 years old. Um, he's been getting better. He's increased his scoring average just about every year except from oh wait never mind that's the same year so he has increased his scoring every year um I don't know if you guys have seen some of his posters too just like on a side note like Kelly Oubre has some of the most underrated posters um but I think he can come on this team and maybe put up I mean he averaged about 18 points a game last year I wouldn't be surprised if he comes on the Warriors you know and puts up maybe 20 20 a game for you know think so Zach I mean he I don't, I don't know you. that they're going to give him the ball enough for him to score 20 points a game. I don't know that he's going to be that, that big of a – Even in that free-flowing offense, that ball movement, movement offense? I mean, I mean between, maybe. Between him and Wiggins, I mean, they're going to need those two, uh, you know, as uh, presuming they still keep Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he wasn't traded in the draft like a lot of people thought he could have been. But, like, presuming they, they have both of those guys as, like, their two main wings, I mean, they're going to need it. Because, I mean, you know, you're, you're looking at Klay Thompson. You have to make up, you know – you know, you have to make up 20-plus scoring and, you know, 40% from three-point range. I mean, that's, you know, you have to you have to make up for that. So, I mean, right. Uber and Wiggins, they both have averaged around that number, but obviously Ubre just did average mm-hmm. the highest scoring average this past season. And, you know, Wiggins, even though he's been a big-time scorer, he's never done it efficiently, and he's never really been good at much else. So, I mean, it, it's it's got to be a question as if, as if those two wings can really, you know, fill in that gap for Golden State. I mean – I definitely think with them, they, they should be able to compete for the playoff spot. But, yeah, like yeah, like Zach said, I, don't, I think you know, that without Clay, I don't think they're anywhere near title contention. They just and aren't. Don't get me wrong. I think Kelly Oubre is definitely talented enough that he could score 20 points a game in that offense. 
I just don't know that he's going to be taking as many shots. Yeah, fair enough. Especially if Golden State adds another piece. I don't know that he's going to be taking enough shots to score 20 a game. But we'll see. Yeah, another deal who I that I really like. Um, I don't know if maybe Brooklyn overpaid, but Joe Harris, four years, seventy-five million, big ones. I mean, ever since I saw Joe Harris in the three-point contest, I've just loved that guy. <laughs> I mean, um, what else? Uh, the Christian Wood deal too. I mean, what I don't understand is why did the Pistons? not if that's all Christian would wanted maybe he wanted a little more money to stay in Detroit but why re- why sign Plumley and get Julio Okafor when you could have just paid Christian Wood that amount of money to oh, me that just doesn't make sense yeah Go the ahead, Pistons Dad, made a lot of yeah the Pistons made a lot of uh interesting signings I mean they you know I think that the the Mason Plumlee signing kind of showed that Christian Wood was not going to come back. And I was like, okay, you know, the Pistons signed a, a center and, and, and Mason Plumlee can play defense for you at the very worst and get you some inside buckets and all. Uh, and then they went and signed Jaleel Okafor and I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's something <laughs> you're working with something now. And then they signed Jeremy Grant and I was like, okay, that's a, that's a good player. And where's he going to play now? Do you play with four? play a five I don't know you know but then but then uh, I really liked how they got DeLon Wright in that three-team trade last night DeLon Wright is a good player and I think that if they you know need somebody to play next to Killian Hayes if you want to play two guards I think that that's a good that's a good set for for Hayes at this point Uh, so I mean the thing about Troy Weaver is I don't think he's he's probably hasn't put the phone down in about five days him and Sam Presti have just been up for for probably, I don't know, 90, 100 hours in a row or whatnot. But uh, teams are being aggressive. And Detroit and Oklahoma City are working on those rebuilds, and they're two teams that want to get back in the contention. And both those teams could end up in the first round, uh, the top of the first round next year. And we'll see. You know, we could see Cade Cunningham in Detroit. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see with that one. So now we have the Knicks that can run their five power forward lineup with Obi Toppin. <laughs> we have the Pistons that can run their five center lineup. That's going to be a fun matchup. Matchup of the bigs. Hey, and you know what they say, ain't no stopping. It'll be topping. They should make a shirt for that. They'd make so much money. That's Carter's boy right there. When, yeah. okay. Okay, when the when the Cavs took Isaac Okoro, that was like the most popular landing spot, I think, for Obi Toppin. So when he didn't go there, I was just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to – it's like this is karma for me, me just harping on him the entire draft process. And he's, and he's going to he's gonna fall to Atlanta, and I'm going to say, you know what, I deserve that one. I deserve – that's karma for me. But then they took the, – they took Okongu, and, of course, I, I lost my mind. That was my favorite player in the class. One of, one of them, at least, I had him, like, top three, and I was like, yep. I don't even care that they just traded for Capella, and there's a log jam at center, and this, this guy's, you know, got the highest ceiling. I was – I was thrilled, but, but yeah, Obi Toppin, I have a friend that's a Knicks fan and he told me, he was like, you know what? Obi Toppin seems like he really wants to be a Knick. Can't even hate it. So I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think, think he's from the Brooklyn. He's, area. Brooklyn. Team, so. he's, he's, he's yeah. local. He's from Brooklyn. I mean, you saw, mm-hmm. you saw his, you saw his reaction after he got picked. I mean, it was, I mean, it was incredibly emotional to watch. I mean, just, I mean, the guy was, he was just beyond happy and everything. So, I mean, no, he's, he's a native New Yorker. He gets to play for the Knicks. I mean, hey, it, you know, good for him. 
Yeah, that's one of the things I love man. about the draft too. Is just like you know, you get to see about sixty guys. You know, something they've worked for their whole lives. They see the dream come true. You know, yeah. it's it's very nice to see. Same with you know the NFL draft and all the drafts. But with the NBA, you know, there's only sixty spots. So to be picked with one of those spots, I mean, that's very high honor. Mm-hmm. Um, did we want to talk about any more of the signings before we talked about? Um, remaining free agents on this list? I mean, just a sign that I like personally. I really like Danilo Gallinari to the Hawks. I think he provides – I think he could play the three for them. But I especially that signing even more. If they do get Bogdanovich as well, I think the Hawks are just – that team in general with Young, uh, Bogdanovich, Gallinari, and they run out with Collins or Kangaroo at center. I think that team's just explosive young. Just going to be fun to watch for a couple of years as well in the East. Most fun, indeed, indeed. most fun 39 and 43 team ever. <laughs> I'll say they started trading. Score 200, get 195 put on you. <laughs> hey, wins a win. <laughs> yes, sir. No matter whatever, like in um, the Avengers, what they say, whatever it takes. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So, remaining free agents. Um, We've got a few on this board uh, from Fred Van Fleet, Gordon Hayward, as we alluded to earlier, still a free agent. Um, Bohan Bogdanovich, which I still don't really understand what happened with that trade. And another big one, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who the Lakers might not have room to re-sign. Um, so the question I posed for you guys, which one of these free agents, obviously it doesn't have to be one on this list, maybe if there's another one that you guys uh, come up with, which of these free agents to you is most intriguing? For me, I'd say, I mean, Van Vliet, you know, we talked about, you know, he, he was looked at potentially as maybe an early, as could be a target for the Pistons that they were looking at signing a big name point guard, but obviously with drafting Killian Hayes and the other moves they made, that's not going to be a reality for them. Um, I think it's going to be interesting because I think, I mean, there's a few teams. I mean, you can obviously say uh, the Knicks could be, a, could be a destination for him. I think both him and Gordon Hayward are going to probably be targets, you know, potential targets because they've been both they, – Hayward especially has been linked to the, potentially the Knicks once he declined his player option. Um, I think that – I think another one guy who's not on this list who could definitely be very, uh, very fascinating to watch is Serge Ibaka. Who has? I remember looking at the reports saying that at the very least, ten teams have explored signing him for more than at least the mid-level uh, exception at the at the rate of the mid-level exception in the NBA. So I think it's going to be. Re- I think you know because obviously you have all the you know you have all the title you know connections. People saying, oh, he's going to go to the Lakers or he's going to go to Brooklyn or somewhere else. But like, I mean, certain. I mean, he's a guy that listen. Even even after even nowadays, you know going past 30 he's I mean he's someone who's still you know he scored a career high in points last year he still he can still rebound he can still defend the rim so I mean he's a guy that's going to be in really high demand um it'll be interesting to see if he decides if he wants to maybe try and cash out on like one more big deal or if he maybe or if he does try and like take a you know take a role on a contender and maybe I don't know be the Lakers probably won't won't take him now that they not that they sign Harold but I mean you know hey could go to Brooklyn play with KD or something like that. if they you know if they trade for James Harden or something like that you'd be like you'd be looking at that be like yeah I could take the minimum I could take you know a minimum for a year or something like I could take the minimum for a year maybe exactly. or something like that so, take yeah. the money get my rebounds and buckets and blocks and yeah, no, <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. 
with the amount of interest that looks like he has, um, I think Serge, I think seeing where Serge Ibaka lands will be, it will be very interesting over the next couple of days. Yeah, I think that Gordon Hayward is my most intriguing free agent left. Um, I think in turn, it'll be really interesting to see where he goes. He could go to the Knicks, as you mentioned. I could still see him in Golden State. I don't know that that's going to happen or not, but I think it would be an interesting move. I think that the an intriguing free agent that's not on this board that somebody that us Spartans know really well is Bryn Forbes. He was a starter with San Antonio as a point guard for a while. He can provide shooting. I don't know where he's going to go. He's not. He's never been the best defender at the guard spot, and you'd probably want to point him or pair him with somebody that can play really well on the perimeter defensively. But he's knocked down shots, and he's going to pull, score points. He did that with San Antonio as a starter, went from being an undrafted free agent to starting almost every game for the Spurs. And over the last two years. And he's probably not going back to San Antonio because of their logjam of guards that they've got there. It doesn't really work for him back there. So I think that he's probably going to go somewhere, but wherever he goes, I think somebody's going to get a good backup one slash two that can knock down shots. Oh, is uh, yeah. And, oh, go yeah. Ahead. And, uh, <laughs> Josh mentioned the Bogdan Bogdanovich and, uh, so, yeah, what happened was they initially agreed to trade him to the Bucks uh, in a sign-and-trade because he's a restricted free agent. And uh, then Bogdan decided that he did not want to go to Milwaukee, so they scrapped the deal, and then the Bucks stopped pursuing him. And then I saw a report yesterday that he was signing an offer sheet with Atlanta, but then I haven't seen anything else from, like, Wolder Shams or anybody that's tweeted anything like that. So he's still up in the air, but, yeah. If he does go to Atlanta, I think, you know, you got yourself a guy who obviously can knock down shots. He's a really good secondary playmaker. Uh, he makes basketball look really easy. And for a team that was the worst three-point shooting team in the league last year, adding Gallinari, adding Bogdanovich if they can, is obviously what they needed to go in the right direction because there is pressure from ownership to make the playoffs. So they're making those win-now moves. Um, I've seen uh, – Lower sources, lower level sources say things that like Rondo was going to sign in Atlanta too, but I I haven't seen anything else. So I guess we'll we'll wait on seeing with guys like Bogdanovich and Rondo. But if they do both end up in Atlanta, that checks the boxes that I wanted them to do, which is get a backup point guard and then get some shooters, get some more wings, and then you've got yourself a good you know young core with guys like Trey Young, John Collins. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. I don't know what it means for Kevin Herter. If they sign Bogdanovich, there could be a market for him if teams were trying to acquire him. And then adding Gallinari to the front court makes it interesting because uh, at this point in his career, I don't know if he can really guard or play the three that, that well. Um, so he's probably a four, and that makes things interesting for John Collins. I know there was a report that came out that said he's looking for a max contract as well. Um, the Hawks want to get a deal done. He wants to stay in Atlanta. I know that they just traded for him, but I think that means then that you asked the question, what does that mean for Clint Capella if they also just drafted Okongwu and, and, and Capella never played? So they've got a lot to uh, work out right now. Yeah, one guy that I think – in my opinion, I really want to see go to New York, and that's Carmelo Anthony. I really just want to see a reunion of him in New York. See him in the Knicks jersey. He can get up all the shots that's he wants. Hurt. They're still rebuilding. 
Well, on a more real note, a guy who, you know, he's probably not going to be the most flashiest player, but he can be a solid backup center. Aaron Baines will be interesting to see where he goes. Because I think wherever he goes on a contender, he can provide valuable minutes. And he's shown it time after time in each team. He'll provide you great defense. He'll get you rebounds. And he'll play hard for you. So that's that's another. Also, Marcus Gasol as well, to see where he'll cover out a role as well. Just so, for me, seeing all these six men, you know, bench players who are very vital and contenders are just, I don't know, for me, that that's so intriguing to see how they go and where they'll go. So we'll see. It should be a fun rest of free agency. <laughs> yeah, I was going, I was, if no one else touched on it, I was definitely going to ask where's Melo going if he, <laughs> he goes back to the Knicks. No, that oh. would be something to see taking, you know, 15 shots a game. <laughs> um, Let's see, another guy, yeah, you touched on Marcus All. There's an, a few other big men that I'd also be curious to see where they go. Um, Hassan Whiteside, his career is kind of, it's been a little weird because, you know, he came out, he had that, he was first put on the scene a few years ago when he had that triple-double with Flocks, said he just wanted to raise his 2K rating. That's when I first heard of him. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He could, you know, start on some teams, provide very good, rim protecting rebounding put back minutes with another team as a backup um Derek Favors is another guy I'd be curious to see where he goes you know he's still only 29 he's got some good years left um there was one more person I was gonna say I believe oh well I guess for the KCP situation too I was watching Sports Center this morning when I was preparing for this. By the way, yeah, we got we started this episode around nine forty-five, listeners. So while you're while you're sleeping, we're recording. But um, KCP, I saw if they re-sign Catavius Caldwell Pope, I think it was like for twelve or fourteen million dollars a year, they would barely have enough money to fill six more roster spots. So I'll be curious to see where he goes because if the Lakers re-sign him, they'll basically just have to, you know, sign whoever to fill the rest of their bench. Um, Langston Galloway also on this list. Curious to see where he goes. Good 3 and D guy. Um, Chris Dunn, only 26 years old. I think he still has some upside left in him. Um and Brandon Ingram, assuming he assigns with the Pelicans, re-signs. Um, who knows? Maybe he won't. Um, I don't know that Ingram's going to really get a choice because he's a restricted free agent. So yeah, I think they're going to match whatever. That, that, they're matching. I mean, he he's right now. I mean, he's the best player they got out of the AD trade. So I mean, it would be it would be an enormous failure if they if he <laughs> somehow left. Like they no, they're they're matching. They're matching. They're matching whatever he gets, and in all likelihood, they'll offer him a max extension that he'll probably that he'll that he'll probably sign anyway. So yeah, no, they they ain't letting Ingram go. They ain't let the many guys they got from the Lakers. They ain't letting him go. At least not yet. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy to me. Like, imagine if, I mean, granted, you probably wouldn't have the cap space to keep Brandon Ingram and sign Anthony Davis, but could you imagine both those guys on the same team with LeBron James? <laughs> I mean that would be that would be something to watch. Um let's see, we've still got did anyone else want to say anything about remaining free agents, free agency, NBA draft? I'll add uh I think um one of the biggest uh, debacles that we haven't 
mentioned was that Dwight Howard initially said he was gonna oh, yeah. he was he was staying in LA and then immediately deleted that tweet and then it was like 20 minutes later Shams tweets that Dwight is signing with the Sixers which is so funny I mean like I you know I, I was I was saying okay you know okay Dwight's back in in LA and then it was like nope Dwight hasn't agreed to anything I'm like, oh okay and then Dwight signs with the Sixers I'm like why? <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do in in Philly? You know, and you got Joel Embiid, and they and I saw a report that said Joel Embiid can play the four, and like this is I was like I was like this is bad. <laughs> well, he'll be, he'll be the backup big there, which you know he'll he'll probably do fine in like a different league. But no, it's like I mean he probably tweeted that, and then they and the Lakers went to him and be like, uh yeah, we're signing Trez, and then he's like, oh, and then he's like, well crap <laughs> and then he's out of here. like nope nope all right delete delete and then that's like that's just like like uh, oh well yeah kind of got caught with uh you know whatever whatever the expression is but like, <laughs> well imagine being the guy having to call Dwight too about the tweet be like yeah um Dwight we're gonna need you to you know that's not happening <laughs> like who's the one who has to break the news to Dwight yeah. that he's not coming back that and then the and then the knee-jerk reaction from the Clippers uh after Montrezl Harrell leaves signing Marcus Morris to a 64 million dollar deal yeah how many Jeez. years is on that one <laughs> four years I, yeah four, four, four years 64 million he's I mean he should be good there on with a full year to play with those guys that he'll probably I mean he he'll probably be all right you know I don't think I don't think that's you know, because, I mean, Morris was, you know, he's been, I mean, he's been in the last few years, he's been a good, solid, reliable scorer, and he can play the floor for them. So, I mean, that's, I feel like you need to let, whichever one of those get between Harrison, Harold and, uh, Harold and Morris, whichever one they didn't get, they were probably going to use the money to keep the other. So, I think that's what ended up happening in that situation. They let go, the Jermichael Green, who was one of their key reserve bigs, left too. So, they only got, like, one true center on their roster right now in Zubak. So, they got to find, they got to find another big man to plug in the, into their rotation after they lost both of those guys. They can snatch the Boogie Cousins from the Lakers. Yeah, true. I'll say he's still a guy who's out there. I mean, yeah. I don't well, know why people don't give Boogie a chance. I mean, because he well, signed with Golden State for like you know, a minimum. You probably won't have yeah. to offer him that much money to get him on your team, you know. So. Yeah, although he's coming <laughs> – I mean, listen, he's, he's, he's coming back right now from what Clay's going to have to come back from in terms of having the torn Achilles and a torn ACL in back-to-back years. I mean, that, that's, that's hard, man. Yeah. Two years of not playing and having the two most catastrophic leg injuries you could possibly have as an athlete is just like it, – it's – I don't know. I'm not saying he. I'm not saying neither Boogie or Clay can come back, but that's just like that's that's just such a horrible luck to have to deal with that, to have to go through that kind of process. Well, that on the topic we were talking about, uh, Marcus Morris. Have you guys ever seen that conspiracy about him and his brother like switching, uh, like yes. switching in games? Like I think it was Boston mm-hmm. and Washington, one of their playoff games, when one of the Morris twins got hurt. And so they had a conspiracy that because he came out and had like one of the games of his life or something, he put up like 25 or 30 points. And there was a conspiracy that his brother and him switched because I was watching this video. They have almost identical tattoos. Like there's like one difference on like one of their shoulders or something. It's like a slight difference. And they admitted to like doing it in like AAU too, just like switching switching the brothers which would be <laughs> imagine that that would be something if that got debunked as true 
I'll say, can you really be certain you're getting Marcus then? Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're like, I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, the way Marquise played, I mean that. I mean, I don't know. It's like I don't. I don't know if Marcus is that nice. of brother say, yeah, bro, you can take my sixty. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go take. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. And and then Keith shows up and he only he's only averaging like eight points a game and it's like, uh, I'm sorry, what what happened? <laughs> the wrong guy. Or what was? Wasn't there a trade? Oh, what was I think it was last year the Suns were trading for someone and they got the wrong guy. Oh, yeah, oh. like um, Dylan Wrong Brooks. They got Marshawn Brooks instead. I, I remember that. There was actually, yeah, if you ever watched um, Game of Zone, they had a really like, funny thing about that. That was funny. Yeah, no, the Game of Zones, those those always crack me. I've never even seen Game of Thrones. Not no, yeah, lie, I haven't. Like, I don't have HBO. <laughs> that's that's the same. I'll say, but Game of Zones, that's that's my fill for Game of Thrones. That's yeah. all I need. I, I wish they brought it back just for the bubble, just with all the stories they could have. That would have been. That would be. That would have been just. Yeah. Amazing. That would good. That would. Or, been what's good. the um? What's the NFL one? It's like Gridiron Heights Gridiron or something. Iron. I like that one too. Yeah. Whenever Patrick Mahomes talks, I just can't help but laugh how they have yeah. his voice in there. <laughs> all right. Well, we've gotten through everything on our list. Woohoo! Um, we're at about probably fifty-ish minutes, man. We flew through that thing. Um, we're getting better. We're getting better. We're yeah, getting there you better. go. Say quick, <laughs> clear, and to the point. <laughs> um, any last things you guys want to do? Uh, any last shout-outs? Any last thoughts? Go Wizards! We are a Wizards fan podcast now. Some of us, yep. yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Overall, I'm honestly kind of. I'm a little surprised just by how active it's been. Just considering again with all the impact the coronavirus has had on like profits and sports and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How weird is it following NBA free agency and in, in during Thanksgiving time? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. I mean, teams are being aggressive. I mean, in, in a free agent class that didn't have like a ton of like big big names, so to speak. I mean, it's been it's been really it's been exciting to watch. So, Hey, I'm just, I'm just glad it's been given. I mean, cause again, it's like, so I, I figured it'd be so frenzy cause you have the draft and free agency basically back to back two days apart. So it's just like, it's just like, all right, just going to ramp this thing up. We got 500 million that we need to make. So let's get it. So let's get all this taken care of before December. So it's like, yeah, no, but I'm just glad it's just, it's been exciting. So yeah, it's just, I'm just glad we've had a, we've had as much to talk about as we've had. So yeah. Yeah, Woj won't be sleeping for at least the next week. Um, I, I'll say, checking that dude's Twitter, it's like he had one tweet like six hours ago, and then it's like, it said like one hour ago when I checked it, it's like NBA free agency. I'm like, do you sleep? Like he tweeted five hours apart, probably got maybe three hours of sleep, and then he's right back at it. So shout out to those people keeping us updated. Well, you pay the big bucks. Yeah, exactly. Bryce oh, right. sleeps with his phone in his hand. Waiting for the next ball. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was like my favorite the part, like the pre-draft <laughs> coverage. Oh yeah, when oh yeah, yeah. as soon as he got the call and just left, he walked off. So and oh, ends off. the interview on Sports Center because he gets a phone call. <laughs> hey, gotta gotta take this guy. Sorry, ESPN. More important. <laughs> All right, so episode ten in the books. We did it. Happy double digits. So from all of us at Impact 89 FM, 
courtside convo, episode 10. Your host, Bobby Zephro, co-host Carter Landis, Darren Baydoon, Josh Rayapan, Zach Serdinick, signing off. Mm-hmm.